was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Wow, come on somebody. Woo! Welcome back, welcome back across all of our campuses. Man, those of you that are still having church at home, thank everyone for your continued commitment to this real love movement that is called Faith Promise. We love you guys, we have missed you, and we're so thrilled to have you uh, back uh, again, whether you're church at home or whether you're live, man, we're, we're just uh, excited about what God is doing. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in person if you haven't come back yet. And so that's all right. If, if you're, it's not time for your family, that's okay. You have issues. Over the next weeks and months, our whole family will come back. And we're really super stoked about you guys being with us. Again, who's fired up to be in the house of God? I mean, this weekend is a dream come true for thousands of promisers who never dreamed that they would miss church so much. So, and I gotta be raw and real with you. I never realized how much I would miss the gathering for God or how much I needed it personally. Uh, it's more weekends in a row than I probably missed since I've been saved. And so I couldn't believe how empty my heart felt. And, and understand, I'm gonna spend hours every day with the Lord and praying in the word and he was building me up. He was filling me, but there was something missing in my experience, something God designed and delighted and desired in our experience. So let me tell you what was missing. It was you guys. Man, we are a family, and we gather to worship our God. So, man, I, we love you. Our theme verse for this year, Acts 2.42, and they were wholly devoted. They were all in for the apostles' teaching, for fellowship of breaking bread and of prayer. And because of that, a mega mighty move of God swept across the country. Those first century, those first century believers got to see something incredible. Those early disciples, many of them had seen Jesus alive. They saw him on the cross and 500 witnesses saw him after he came out of the grave. Many of them watched God fall like fire from heaven and in an instant completely changed their community at a big party in Israel called Pentecost. It's incredible. Now, I've asked this question many times this year, and I'm going to ask you again. How many of us want the power of Pentecost yet without the participation of Pentecost? See, we want, we want the full-time power of God. We want God to be all in when we, we may not necessarily want to be all in for God. Does that make sense? Man, we sort of pick and choose. And if, if the last couple months of isolation has shown us anything, it has shown us that we need each other. We are created for community. Our country went crazy when we, when we separated from each other in every way, drugs, alcohol, in every way you can do it, it just was, was ridiculous. And see, it's not just for physical care or real problems of a disease or division like many of us have watched. We need each other for spiritual care. See, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter two, in that passage where we pull out our theme verse, it said, daily from the temple and house to house. 
There was corporate worship every week. There was ministry in houses and small group ministry. Come on, who's all in for some of that? Come on, who's all in? Listen, I've been preaching to that camera for three months. I need an amen. Come on, somebody. My mercy. Let me tell you, only person in this room was Josh Whitehead. Do you know how discouraging that can be to look at Josh Whitehead for three months sitting there by himself in that chair? Oh, it's lucky I'm still saved. And so, so whether you're a Christ follower or you're someone just checking out faith, you're kicking the tires of the church, whether you're in person or online, a fair question to ask in 2020 is this. Elemental quarantine and Zoom and FaceTime and digital discipleship, the question is this. Why gather together as a church? So God, I'm asking you to literally peel back the scales like you did for Saul. I'm asking you, God, for a supernatural impartation, a revelation. God, I'm asking you to show us why in this culture that is anti-Christ, we that follow Christ need to gather. So God, open our hearts, open our minds to understand your will and your word for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said... King David said, Psalms 122.1, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Glad means to cheer up. Come on, our rejoice. See, you never knew you'd miss it this much. I'm fired up about being back this weekend. I'm just telling you. So why go to the house of the Lord? Why gather together as the church? Isn't the church much more than a building? Absolutely. A church is nothing. It, a building has nothing to do with it. The church is a place, is a place, is not a place, but it's a people provoking each other to love and to service and to good works. So there's no question this weekend that no matter where or when you're listening to this message, all of us or many of us wondering, when and how do we get back to what would be some type of normality? Whatever normal means. After these three months of quarantine and riots, after these three months of all this going on, what will the normal be like? So, Pastor, is it possible for me to grow and serve alone without gathering with the people of God? It is, it's possible. It is. But when the people of God gather together in unity, in heart, in one mind, in one mission, with one love, with one voice, with hands and feet, to put God first, grow together, and serve others, it changes the culture. Are you with me? Listen, politics can't change the culture. Politics won't change racism. Politics won't change socioeconomic status. But the world, politics, the culture, everything is set to divide us. Are y'all with me? So the culture gains more power. Remember, Jesus said Satan was the little G-O-D of the culture of this world. When we walk together helping real people with real problems find the real love of God, that's how we change the culture. And for thousands, come on, give the Lord a, yeah, give him a, give him a praise. 
And for thousands of years, Old Testament and New Testament, it was commanded and obeyed that the people of God gathered together for worship. Are you with me? Whether it was before the tabernacle with the patriarchs or the early prophets, then the tabernacle Moses built, or the temple Solomon built, or the, temp- the next temple, or then the New Testament and the ecclesia, the called out group, the gathering. Jesus said in really one of the most, most important passages of scripture in Matthew's teaching in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and he said this, I say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock, Peter's previous profession, upon this rock, this pebble, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. A better, the word church is ek, E-K, lasia. Those that are called out of, the called out of group of people. It does not mean a building. Are you with me? That was a 17th century translation into a German word church, and it was a terrible translation. Because when we think that God will build a church, we think a building, and he's thinking people. Amen? Now, this declaration comes out of a gathering that Jesus is having with the 12. Actually, he's at Caesarea Philippi, Jesus' favorite vacation spot. We've been there. It's incredible. It's my favorite spots in all of Israel. Love to teach there. It is, it is incredible. And Jesus gathering with his, you know, they're having a gathering, have a little Bible study, look at a little worship time. And Jesus said, hey, boys, who do, who do people say that I am? Well, John the Baptist, a prophet, Jeremiah, somebody, you know, all kind of stuff. And then he rolls around in verse 15. He said, but who do you, who do you say that I am? See, it doesn't really matter what this culture said. Come on, don't you get this? It matters what you think Jesus is. It matters what you say. And upon this profession where, where Peter calls him the Messiah, the Son of God, that See, when you ask the culture, Jesus is about religion, he's about rules, he's about nickels and noses and numbers, he's about do's and don'ts, that has nothing to do with what Jesus is. Jesus said, I'll build my gathering so we who follow Jesus gather together for our God and King and we worship. And so for 400 years, there wasn't a building. We don't have to have a building, we worship under a tree. Gathering together, now gathering together in a church in America is declining. Why? Because church is not good anymore? No, listen. I don't care how music you play or whatever. Church attendance is declining. Listen, if you're listening, say I am. Because our values are changing. Our values are changing in America. Listen, listen to me. I love you. I don't pick sides. I'm a man of God. I'm on God's side. I'm on the side of truth. Last weekend, people got mad because I picked sides. No, I didn't pick a side. I picked God's sides against racism and oppression and injustice. Did I, did I know people would be mad? Sure I did. Praise God. <laughs> I didn't care. If I cared, I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't preach the truth. And the truth is, we have to see who's behind the division in our country. It's the devil. He's dividing us. He's making us hate each other. We're burning cities down. What do we need? We need the gospel that'll change your heart. That's what we need. See, too many, too many people that used to go to church, has, they have let the culture tell them what the church is. 
They've let them tell them who Jesus is and what Jesus believes. They don't know him. They tell us what the church should be about. They don't know. We, listen, we cannot let the culture color our view of Christ or his gathering. We can't do it. We cannot do it. So when Jesus looks at the 12, that he's invited to follow him and leave everything, this is a pretty important question. Is this, who am I? And is this thing worth it? Is it worth it? Is it important? Because listen, what's important to you gets your attention. It gets your money. It gets your affection. Are y'all with me? And so if he's, he's what Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the Most High God, is your Lord, then gathering is part of what you do. Are y'all with me? But Jesus is worth following. Come on. Now, if you're still at church at home, this is not about you not being in a physical campus this weekend. That's not what it's about. Come on, there's no judgment or guilt. There are a lot of issues why people haven't all come back yet. You, you will in the next few weeks. It's okay. What we're talking about is a commitment to gathering for our God. And church at home is great. Again, I'm thrilled with our worship team and production and our IT departments and social media. They've done an incredible job. But don't you listen? They've been great. Amen. Incredible. I'm so grateful. We have produced more content in the last three months than the last three years. Where people working there, but listen to me, especially listen to those of you that are thinking, well, I could just stay home. There is an incarnational aspect to God when the people of God gather. There's an incarnation that happens. So Jesus doesn't build his church out of pebbles. He builds his church out of people. Because he said, upon this rock, this pebble, Peter, this pebble, he builds his church out of people. That means you, that means me. That, that means us. We've got to consistently gather together, worship God, serve each other. And biblically, that happens once a week. Not once a month. Not when you feel like it. Not when your schedule's clear. You put God first. He's first on the schedule. And it's not because God needs us to worship him like he's wondering up there how we feel. It's because we need to worship. Are y'all with me? We need it or we will shrivel up and die. Well, but Pastor, you know, sometimes, man, I just don't know if it's worth it. Is it really necessary? You better believe it. It's the Word of God. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So Jesus, this is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he's inviting us to be a part of his gathering. I don't know about you, but I'm all in. Anybody else all in? Come on and home, y'all all in. We go all in, listen, to a church that cannot die, a church that will not end, and a church that cannot cease. When Jesus spoke this in the first century, there were synagogues and temples everywhere. They had been destroyed. There were kingdoms and cultures that had been crushed. There were nations and notices that had been nullified, but the kingdom of God and his church is thriving 21 centuries later. Because he said, I'll build it, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because the church is a place to gather. The church is not a place to gather. It's a people gathered. So my question is, are you going to be a part of the people? God's people. You're going to His church. 
And faith promises a safe place. Now we're gonna get raw and real and maybe get up in your grill a little bit. That's okay. It's a safe place of kicking the tires and checking out Jesus. I get emails every week of people saying something like this. Hey, I came and visited, somebody asked me, and I've decided to make faith promise my family. And let me tell you why. Because when I walked in the door, nobody judged me for the color of my skin. When I drove in the parking lot, nobody judged me for the car that I drove. When I walked in the door, nobody judged me for my tats or nobody judged me for the clothes that I wore. Nobody judged me because of what was going on. Nobody judged me because I've been divorced or in a divorce. Nobody judged me because I'm depressed or I'm struggling with sin. No, no, this is a place for real people with real problems to experience the real transforming love of God. Man, come on. That's what we are because that's what the church is all about. So decide to be a part of the people. Decide. I mean, think about these questions. What other gathering makes a bigger difference and an impact on your life? What meeting means more to your personal spiritual growth than this? What gathering is more life-giving? And what group knows you and loves you more than this group? Come on. So let me challenge you. Let me give you a couple thoughts. Are you ready? So I've said these before, but you hadn't been in the physical gathering for three months. I'm going to remind you. Are you you ready? Come early. Come early. Before we had Saturday night service, me and Michelle used to go to UT ball games. And, and, And we love to go. We go early. And we walk through 10 or 20 tailgates eating our way through to Neyland. But he'd say, did you know all those people? No, but I'm sure they wanted us there. I'd walk into one of Michelle would say, please, Chris, no, don't, don't. I'd say, come on, these people love us. They don't know us. Well, they're going to as soon as I eat a piece of chicken. Come on. <laughs> See, that's the party before the party. Come early. Churches prep race for eternity. Come expectantly. Come, look and be ready. Come on, come be ready, prayed up, fired up, excited. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want a tired, bored, shallow faith. Man, stay hungry. Are you with me? Come on, stay hungry. Get in the Bible reading plan. Man, I've been fired up in the Word even this morning. If you're not in a small group, we literally, small groups absolutely set records all through COVID. We had more people connecting online than had ever been in groups. Are you leading or or serving on the weekend? Because listen, you only get out of it. That's right. So if you're just a spectator, you're not a giver, you're not a server, you just come and watch us worship and you walk out and say, I don't understand what he's talking about. I don't get that much out of it. Of course you don't, because you don't put that much in. Are you with me? I love you. I'm thrilled you're here. I don't know about you, but I want to see more God-sized, spirit-filled miracles. I want to see more growth and more transformation in my friends and coworkers and, cl- and, and, and my neighbors than I've ever seen. I want to see personal growth in me, and I want to see it in you. So we got to be a part of the people. Does that make sense? Be a part of what God's building. He's building his church, and the gates of hell haven't stopped it for 21 centuries. Now listen. We really could let it die in America. The fire will spread somewhere else. 
God says, hey, you don't want the gospel? That's okay. They're, they're, listen, they're just hundreds of millions of Chinese come to Jesus behind the iron curtain. Listen, it's all over the place. Man, the Spirit of God's moving all over the world. We're missing it. Are, y- are y'all with me? I now know after COVID why in a persecuted country where being a Christian is, is guilty of death or gathering to worship Jehovah God is a penalty of imprisonment. I now know why they do it because of the incredible transformation in it. All of us, if I walked on the microphone, could talk about times where God has transformed us. And we will never be the same. Come on, somebody, because we've been in the gathering of God. Y'all feel me? Man, I'm just telling, who's all in? Come on, who's all in? Let me give you one last thought. Verse verse 19, uh, after after the verse I've been quoting, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound. Whatever you loose on heaven shall be loosed. Let me tell you, don't you think the world needs to see racism and prejudice bound up? Injustice and oppression bound up? How about disease and division bound up? We have the keys of the kingdom of God. We have the gospel. How about seeing freedom and forgiveness while cities burns and, and hearts break? Do you think the world could stand to see healing and heaven sent revival? The, absolutely. It's going to happen when we go all in. Are y'all with me? Jesus gave the keys to the church. We're in the driver's seat. He said in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three of you gather, I'll be in your midst. Does this make sense? So come on. Come on. We gather for the only name that has the power of sin, death, and health hell in the grave. And maybe you don't feel a part. You may feel a part of us, but you don't feel a part of Jesus. You haven't given your heart to him yet. Listen, there's a lot of things you can put your hope in. Money, politics, the media, the world, sports. There's only one anchor that never moves. And that's the word of God. That's, that's the king. So if you're ready to put your, take your hope out of everything else and put it in Jesus, Heaven is waiting for you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, as our campus pastors come, they're gonna lead us in a simple prayer as we open our hearts up to King Jesus. Maybe you're in this spot and you just just bow your head where you are and uh, you maybe have done this before, maybe you haven't. The prayer doesn't. Uh, make you right with God. It's the attitude of your heart. And so faith promise, we never let people pray alone. So let's do it with them. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I'm far from you. Forgive me. Help me because I want to follow you. In this moment, make me right with you. I want to do all that I can to honor you with my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer in that moment, would you just, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you just raise your hand where you are if you would say, man, I prayed that for the first time. If you'll just look this way, there's, a, there's, a, there's an opportunity for you to respond right now. Uh, there's a texting option uh, where you can text uh, and it'll be on the screen. Uh, you can go to the communication card at faithpromiseconnect.com 
and fill that out and let us know. But you know, the greatest thing that you can do in this moment uh, is be a part of next steps. Get on the journey to taking your next step. And uh, no matter where you are, no matter what you think has happened in your life, uh, God loves you. He has a plan for you and he never, ever gives up on you. And so I just wanna encourage you, take a step, fill out the card uh, and just begin a journey into a closer walk and relationship with him. You know, as we keep moving forward uh, this weekend, I, I really do wanna remind you one, that next week is Father's Day. And being a father, you want your kids to know to get you a gift. Isn't that right, dads? I mean, I'm kidding. Uh, but you know what, we serve the most amazing father and we're gonna be in person again next weekend. Uh, you may be worshiping online and uh, you can actually be a part of that experience as well. But more than anything, the Bible tells us that God is a generous God, that he is generous to us, that he loves us and that he wants to uh, in every way provide for us. And when we give back to God as, as we do, right, uh, we actually are in turn actually honoring him, right? That as we uh, do that, we are actually honoring him and doing the best that we can to bring glory to him. Uh, Jesus' brother James uh, said it this way in the book of James. He said, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Now, it, it goes on in verse 18, listen to this. It says, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we could be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. And because God is so generous, that's why we return, we give back to him because, because every good and perfect gift, scripture tells us, comes from him. And so you can bring your first fruits. You may be bringing 10% and whatever percent you give, however you give, let me tell you, it unlocks. I can't wait for the next few weeks. You're gonna hear some of the ways that it unlocks your generosity. Uh, it is so amazing because we get to partner locally and globally with people and help them find the real love of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we wanna serve and we wanna be a part of serving with you to accomplish his purpose. And so you may have already given. You know what, you guys are amazing. Over the last 12 weeks, you've just given and given. We're so grateful for that. You're incredible. I mean, you gave online. There are, there are some of you who still write checks and you mailed them in. You know what I like? You are, you are amazing, Faith Promise, but you can still give online at faithpromise.org forward slash give. You can text to give. Uh, you can text give to the number 865-409-0600 and uh, it'll actually prompt you to be able to give. And then last, uh, you can mail in uh, cash or checks. Just indicate your campus. Uh, there are offering boxes, uh, buckets on the in the back of our room. And as you make your way out, if you wanna give that way, you can do that as well. Uh, in the lobby, there's a QR code on our giving kiosk that'll connect you with a way to give as well. But uh, listen, we just wanna continue this journey of meeting the needs uh, that God has placed before us. And the way that we do that is together. Uh, with the generosity of his people. And so let's just pray and ask God to bless the offering. God, right now, we just pray that you would move. Um, as you have blessed us, we're gonna return. And then there are some here today that find themselves in a place where they're struggling. Uh, maybe they've lost their job or uh, they haven't, uh, they, they don't have or feel like they have something they can give because of that. 
And Father, you're so generous and gracious. You understand that. And so I pray that they would just, uh, just accept that love of who you are uh, and realize that you're with them still. And God, for the rest of us, as we are able to give, I pray that we'd be able to support people in our church and in our community uh, that need that, that incredible gift, that blessing that comes through our generosity. So God, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep giving. We're gonna keep supporting the people around us. We love you and are grateful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.